Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. How comforting was that win for you guys? Yeah, it was good. I think um, anytime you win is a great day, and um, you just got to be able to stack them up and, and continue to do it. One one win's not going to do anything, and um, obviously it's a good momentum builder, and you got to get into it and uh, learn from what you can learn from. But it's a lot. You know, sometimes it's good to learn, you know, from winning too, and figure out what we can do better and um, how we can just continue to do it and find the formula to win every week. Late night, WEEI, the second hour. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ. That's Mac Jones talking about it feels good to get that win under the belt. Yes, it's one win, but, you know, it was it was feeling like an 0-4 September for a second, the way that first game looked. And so that's the good thing, is that the, the, the Patriots got a date to the prom. That, that's what happened. But Mitch Trubisky, thank you very much. Pretty much spilled the punch. Before I get into the Patriots again, just coming down with the last 20 news, breaking news. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, MEA Doka is possibly facing a very lengthy suspension uh, for alleged violation of organizational rules. Now, I'm one of those people who like paid a dollar at the Washington Monuments to get a constitution, looked at the NBA constitution, probably looked Section 35A. Check through there because that talks about how players can run a foul, uh, not, not players, but coaches, other than players. And so it gives these different things of what potentially could have happened. I'm not going to speculate, but I did find inside of the Constitution, <laughs> this is the a foul portion. So again, uh, they're determining what is going to be the outcome the Celtics are, but M.A. Adoka potentially facing a lengthy suspension, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, just came down last 20 minutes. All right, for those who are ready for Football. You know, the biggest thing that the Patriots had to correct from from week one to week two was the offensive line. And as I was preparing for the Pittsburgh game last week, my whole thing was, hey, look, even if T.J. Watt isn't there, those dudes are still dangerous. The offensive line did a wonderful job. I don't care what anybody says. Mac wasn't laying on his back. You didn't see a lot of plays by Mac. Now, you saw some plays that on Mac's own made some bad decisions, but they were on his own. It wasn't because the offensive line just kind of, you know, let the red Olay cape, you know, just come on through bowl. No, that that wasn't the case. So the offensive line stepped up, and, and it should because that's what Matt Patricia has been, like, overseeing here for a couple of years. 
Right, so for a second, you didn't really get on the play calling. The play calling didn't look bad. That opening drive did not look bad at all. Uh, some of those plays worked again later in the game. I really liked how, um, <laughs> unlike Josh McDaniels, um, as the game was in hand and you knew what your opponent's uh, liabilities were, you knew that Mitch Trubisky did not have the ability to move the ball downfield, so run the ball. Keep that defense out there because that's their best part of their team, and if you can beat them down, that's what you do. You didn't even need to score. So that last six-minute drive, intelligence. I give it to you. Right, look, I'm not that person. Like When I stand on a hill, I'm going to stand on a hill, but if, if I look down that hill and say, hey, they did something good. I'm, I'm going to say it. Now, do I think, like, <laughs> time to start breaking out the jamboree and tambourines and screaming hallelujah? They figured it out on offense? No, as the Bugs Bunny meme says. No. But for last week, they got the job done. Here's Belichick and his thoughts on Mac and Patricia and how they've been working together. Well, I think everything will improve as we as we go. We've the more time we spend doing it, especially in game conditions um, and against this kind of competition that we're seeing that will force us to, to work harder and have to execute better and we'll game plan to give us um, problems. We'll have to continue to, you know, to work on our, on our execution there. We, we get better. We get better every week, but so do our opponents as they, they see more and are able to game plan for us that we'll have to, recognize and, and be able to handle. So kind of works both ways there, but I think just in general, our execution, our fundamentals, and as we we build build out um, our breadth of play calling, formationing, uh, things like that, that um, we'll hopefully continue to be able to have balance in the offense and and, and a higher level of execution. Yeah. Belichick is right. It's all about adjustments. That's really after four weeks. Teams start to know what tendencies you want to do, what you want to lead with, what is your go-to when you're in trouble, what does it look like when it's when you're desperate, what do you want to do when you feel you're confident, what trick plays do, do they look like they might try and sell that they might pull out later. Uh, yeah, this is the great stuff you hear on Pat's Monday here on WEI. This is the stuff, like, I, I love picking through that stuff because Belichick is talking. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, it almost felt like Cam Newton was, like, auditioning for, like, a third or fourth member on the morning show at the time. Like, I don't want to hear that. Maybe that's where he got his Funky Fridays from. Like, how about horrible Monday? How about horrible Sundays? But look, the Patriots made adjustments, and that was the concern after Miami. And, and, Let's let's give Miami its due. I don't think any procrastinators uh, had a analyst had anybody beating Baltimore, Miami. No, they did. Do you think you'll see two or throw six touchdowns in a game? Again? No, but boy, does he have some weapons on the outside to make for an interesting game with them and the Bills this weekend. But the Patriots see Baltimore this week. And just the same way, I don't think that you'll see Tua throwing for six touchdowns again. I don't think this Baltimore defense is going to come in and say, oh, yeah, if you need 21, we'll give it up to you. So this game really rides on the Patriots' defense and what they're able to do, how they're able to contain, and at the same time, let Lamar Jackson do some things. So 
until last week, the Ravens were 10 and 0, 10 and 0 when Lamar Jackson rushed for 100 yards or more. Now they're 10 and 1. But Lamar Jackson is scary even as the yards come down. 80 to 99 yards, 7 and 3. 60 to 79 yards, 8 and 3. 40 to 59 yards, 7 and 4. 20 to 39 yards, 5 and 2. 0 to 19 yards, 5 and 5 over his career. So, really, if you want to have a shot to say, we want to contain him in the running game and that's where we're going to beat him, that's almost impossible, right? Like, he still won five games running for less than 20 yards out of 10. So, it's not about stopping him with the run game. But here's how the Patriots have done over the last couple of years when it comes to the mobile quarterbacks, right? So, 2001, Josh Allen rushed for 39 yards, but it was a win for the Patriots. That's the first December game. Then they saw Josh Allen again, and that was a loss. That's the game where they didn't punt. In Foxborough, he rushed for 64 yards. And then Tua, in that last game in Miami last year, rushed for 38 yards, and that was a loss for the Patriots. Can you take anything back from, remember, 2020 when Cam Newton was the quarterback? They shut down yeah, wait, Lamar this, and Baltimore on this, Sunday night. This is why I'm here, because I'm doing this right here. So in 2020... When they faced Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson rushed for 39 yards, and that was a loss for the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes, 28 yards, that was a loss for the Patriots. Josh Allen, 23 yards, and that was a loss for the Patriots. Lamar Jackson, 55 yards, and that was a win for the Patriots. Deshaun Watson, 36 yards, that was a loss. Kyler Murray rushed for 31 yards, that was a win. Josh Allen in that second game ran for 35 yards, that was a loss for the Patriots. In the 2020 game, Lamar Jackson, 24 for 34, 249 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Pats blitzed him twice, hurried him 10 times. No hits after the throws. So there's a formula that says, okay, if you get him to throw more and you you just force him off of his spot and he runs a little bit, okay. But if he throws a lot, that's even better. So I'll tell you what, we'll go to trending here when I come back. I'll pick up another reason why the Patriots have to slow down Lamar Jackson and how actually getting him to throw more will provide more for the Patriots. Uh, But right now it's time to trend with Joe here on WEEI. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What makes Lamar Jackson so hard to stop? Well, he's fast. That's one thing. Nobody's going to catch him from behind. Um, you know, as he continues to gain experience, um, I think his execution of the passing game is, is good. He has a good group of receivers. They have a nice, kind of unique, complementary style of football, of runs and play actions and, and quarterback. Um, quarterback, I would say, plays where, you know, Mar has an opportunity to make big plays, whether it's running or getting them out of the pocket or or using play action, which they do very well uh, to, to complement the running game. So, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a major weapon and, and very unique, and, and they've done a good job of structuring their offense to highlight and feature him. So. Late night, W-E-E-I. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Hey, look, uh, for those who are just joining, breaking news over the last 30 minutes before I get into the Patriots, M.A. Adoka, according to Adrian Wargjanowski of ESPN, is facing possible extensive suspension uh, for violating the league's organizational rules. Now, normally I don't say follow me on Twitter for anything, but I have something of substance. I found the NBA Constitution. These things are re- really important to read, especially me. Like, I really read over that 13th Amendment in the Constitution. I really read it. But I found the NBA Constitution at KJ Carson. I've shared the link. I've also uh, added WEEI. Check out Section 35A. It involves how non-players are disciplined, and it goes through the different orders of what a, a person shall not do, a person referencing like it could be a coach or a trainer and there are different things in there because we don't know, but there would be a violate. That's the violation section, it looks like. Section 35A. M.A. Adoka. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Just when everything seemed to be going right. Damn. All right. Um, look, Lamar Jackson is not anything that Bill has not seen. And let's just face it, he was successful against him when he faced him back in 2020. Uh, in that game, uh, Lamar Jackson, 24 for 34. For 249 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Pats blitzed him twice, hurried him 10 times, didn't hit him after any throws. So some may think, like, you want to get a shot on him. But I think the league has kind of designed itself to say, you know, if you sneeze on Lamar Jackson after he throws, they're going to throw a flag. In that game, no Ravens running back had more than 40 yards rushing in that game. So if you want Lamar Jackson to kind of throw the ball and the other guys aren't running the ball, that's a recipe. So the more Lamar throws, the less dangerous he is. This is absolutely crazy when I saw this stat look regarding Lamar Jackson because when you think of players like Trubisky and stuff like that, you're like, okay, I get why you would have them do that, but Lamar Jackson is an MVP. He is 30-12, and 30-12, when he averaged 200 yards or less passing a game. Again, 30-12 and 12 when he's averaged 200 passing yards a game or less. I didn't even count the two games where he threw one attempt and five attempts early in his career. 
when Jackson is thrown over 250 yards passing, which is just above that number that he did against the Patriots in 2020, six and two. In his entire career, listen to this these these teams. It's amazing. The Patriots, Raiders, Jets, Texans, and Jags have all given up more than 200 yards, but less than 250. And Lamar Jackson's record is seven and two, and he's one and one against the Patriots. So out of his two losses in that 200 to 250 range in, in, in between there, the Patriots have one of his two losses. So Bill knows something. And I think this is why you may see either an upset or something very close to an upset because this walks right into Bill's wheelhouse. This is a defensive game. The offense doesn't need to go for 35 points in this game. It's that the defense needs to go to town on making Lamar Jackson do things that he doesn't want to do. His passer rating, Lamar Jackson is 20 points higher in play action. 20 points higher in play action. Why? Because you got to think, is this guy going to take off? And someone's open deep. But again, if none of your running backs in that previous game had more than 40 yards, the play action's not going to scare you. Now, when he's in the pocket, he's dangerous. At 2.6 seconds, never, never has he run off, taken off running the ball. It's, it's enough time. Like There's no design run for him to take off. So the idea is you want to hurry him. They will have to be all over his tight end, Mark Andrews, underneath. 107 catches last year on 153 targets. This year, he's got 14 catches on 18 targets, and the next receiver only has six catches. So everything for Lamar Jackson so far, if it gets downfield, it's not very often. If he's got time, he's most likely going underneath. This guy's not really looking into that second level or the third level. Now, occasionally when he does, maybe in play action, yeah. Again, you stop the run, let him do his passing, you have a chance. KJ Late Night here on WEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Thanks so much for hanging out. It was on a Wednesday night. It's on, it's on. You just remember the song Joe was like, it's going up on a Tuesday. Blow it yeah. up on yeah, a Tuesday. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> no one ever came one for Wednesday. Thursday is like Thirsty Thursday. That's old school. Then Friday and Saturday obviously have it. Wednesday never, well, hump, no, well, you know they call it hump day, but no one ever says hump night. That sounds like creepy, right? Can't say that in the office. What are you doing tonight? It's a, never mind. <laughs> Just finished that little portal and kind of nuts say stuff in the office. So what is Lamar Jackson's most successful situation look like on the field if he has to pass the ball? It's second down and there's about five yards to go. Watch this. His most stressed out passing down, third down with about five yards to go. That's interesting. What that says to me, just from a psychological standpoint, is in Lamar Jackson's head, if a passing play doesn't work on second down, that there's an attempt to try to get on third down, and that's where he's most stressed and has been least successful. Third and five, throwing the ball. So five yards, he's probably thinking, should I run it? Maybe I should have run it on the last play, or if the last play didn't work, maybe I throw it. This walks right into Belichick's wheelhouse. Again, Belichick takes away what you do best. 
last week against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh really didn't get to have the defensive onslaught that they thought they were going to have based on the tape they saw against Miami, uh, of the the Patriots against Miami. Now, did it get tenuous at times? Yeah, Mac had the interception, the Mika Fitzpatrick. You know, but then some things, some other miracles happened, like Nelson Aguilar suddenly became Randy Moss. So if there's something that Bill Belichick will be able to do in this game is to figure out how to make Lamar Jackson feel comfortable comfortable enough to throw, but when he throws, it's not what he thinks he sees. So take away the underneath. You don't even have to worry. You, you almost could say, look, we could put an extra linebacker to keep an eye on Mark Andrews and potentially place a man on their receivers because he doesn't really use his receivers that much. On a scale of 1 to 10, what chance do I give the Patriots to pull off an upset? Now, this is the same person who's told you that this team will go 6-11, and 11, and there's a part of me that still believes that because the lines are a little bit better, and I may have to rethink how the Dolphins do in that last game. Uh, the Bears still are pretty bad, and the Jets are the Jets, but not much has changed from that. The Vikings, maybe because it's a nighttime, primetime game in the way that uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, as bad as he is in primetime, that might just help out the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. So there are still some hopes of some weird things to happen. But if there's a number, I would say, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being like, man, you're wasting your breath even saying this is happening, and 10 saying, yeah, all the way, put all my money on it. I give the Patriots a 6. I give fair. Them a six. It's fair. I give them a 6 because... You're not dealing with an offense that's going to be difficult to try and figure out for Belichick's defense, right? There's a there's a, a there's a matchup there where it's kind of like okay, they have this thing called verses where you you know artists put their best song up against another artist who's similar from that genre and so forth. You know, if you're putting your best foot forward, you say, well, Baltimore, it's Lamar Jackson, and for the Patriots, it's Belichick's defense. And the defense hasn't leaked very often so far this season. I I said this team would still be a top 10 defense. I don't know if it would be top two like it was last year, but there's no reason why it couldn't be top 10. If that front seven can cause pressure and havoc and have to make Lamar Jackson make decisions in under two and a half seconds, most likely that decision is going to be to run. And remember in the offseason, they were talking about the linebackers, about getting like younger and faster. This is like one of those matchups that they got these young linebackers for. Do brother, you think you, so? Brother, no linebacker is going to catch Lamar Jackson when he's moving forward. Or at least whole, contain him. Well, no, here's here's the thing, Joe. That's why you're front seven. You've got to crush that line to make everything go lateral before it can go long. You, know, you, you, want, them, you want Lamar Jackson going side to side first before just being able to take up because once he hits the hole, nobody's catching him. So if, you know, your front seven and the rotated guys in there, Christian Barmore, like you could see the slim down and now a little more stealthness to him where he's being able to penetrate through that line, which has been a problem with the Patriots in the past, their front four not being able to kind of collapse their matchups across the line. I think they will be able to. And if that happens, then Mark Andrews is going to have to depend more on blocking to protect and therefore can't be as big of a weapon. The last thing you want to do is be able to give Lamar Jackson ample time. Again, once he gets to 2.6 seconds, <laughs> it can get really dangerous. So, again, allow Mark, uh, Lamar Jackson to believe that he can throw the ball. You know where he's going to throw the ball. It's going to be most likely underneath to Mark Andrews. 
If you could shut off Mark Andrews, now that's where the linebackers come in, Joe. That see linebackers match up with tight end. See, that's a little I mean, let me hold you over here for a second, Joe. Linebackers can keep up with tight ends. You would need safeties and DBs to catch up with fast quarterbacks. Okay. You guys didn't hear that over there. So that's it. If you can control that front four, shut down any running game that's not named Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson rushed for 55 yards. And again, as I mentioned, in that range, in his career, seven and four. Pretty much no different than if he ran for 85 yards or if he ran for 65 yards, 75 yards. 40 to 59 yards if he rushed for him, seven and four. So you can allow him to run 50 yards in the game, and it doesn't necessarily mean a win. But what it does mean is that no one else could be running for 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 yards. So that's going to be the key for the Patriots. So I give them a 6 out of 10 chance to pull off the upset against Baltimore. If they pull off the upset, it's going to have to be a low-scoring one. Probably 17-14 would be the game. So it would have to be a drag-out, knockout, and definitely at the half, you would want to have kept Lamar Jackson only to about three points, and they've got Justin Tucker who could nail everything. So what would be a win would be, hey, they've got to kick long field goals and make long attempts, and you know how September's here, which means the win can go anywhere in New England. All right, some other things going on around the NFL that are some pretty interesting stories. Are the Dolphins legit? They're a six-point dog at home against the Bills. Here's the thing with the Bills. Why they look like a... They're playing Madden on beginner, and everybody else is trying to play it on expert. That's how they're coming off. I think sometimes when they go up against teams that they see clearly have weapons to go against them, it may force their hand at rushing things, right? With the Chiefs, they had Tyreek Hill, and you've got Travis Kelsey, and you uh, Charles Edward Hilaire, and you've got Patrick Mahomes back there you almost felt like, hey, they were going to go back and forth because they've got offense over there, right? With the Titans, they just got Derrick Henry. After that, I mean, it could be Joe Braverman, and, you know, you, I mean, <laughs> that would be their offense. And with the Rams, yes, they're coming back, but they're not the same exact Rams. It's really a Cooper Cup show. Uh, the new guy, Allen Robinson, didn't even show up in that first game. And let's call it what it is. Outside of Aaron Donald, some of the other defensive pieces are starting to get long in the tooth, and there's no Von Miller there. So it's not the same Rams team. But this Miami team, and they're going to have them in Miami in the heat? Look, I'm not saying two is going to be a world beater suddenly. But Waddle on one side, Gusecki up the middle, and Tyreek Hill on the other side? And their defense is nothing to sneeze at. Now, granted... They leaked last week. They gave up all those yards running. I think Lamar Jackson like threw for 250 and like rushed for 110. Yeah, I don't think Josh Allen's going to want to do that. But if the Miami Dolphins could force him to do that, they could. They could make him feel like he's got to take the game because they don't have a running game outside of Josh Allen. Yet Stefan Diggs, you've got to, well, everybody knows uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Everybody in New England knows him. You know, Dawson Knox still hasn't really gotten into the mix just yet, but I think more teams prepare for that. So I think the Dolphins-Bills game is going to be pretty interesting. I actually would – I could see the Dolphins actually 
covering the six points and it being a pretty close game. I think it might be the game of the week and will then put a very interesting twist on the division where suddenly it isn't just Buffalo's coronation. And that would just please me so well just to see them struggle. Like they would feel like it was the late eighties all over again. Well, the early, yeah, the late, well, the the early eighties, the bills were good in the late eighties. Another story. Are the Raiders already done? Look, Josh McDaniels had questionable play calling at best in that game in overtime against the Cardinals. It caused uh, Hunter Renfro went out with a concussion. He fumbles the ball, scooping the win. They were three or four yards out from field goal range and would have won the game. So I wonder if, if the Raiders' culture may just be too big of an, an arena for Josh McDaniels to step in to have stepped into. Right, like maybe you don't take the indie job because you don't want to necessarily come from a situation where the crafts kind of, you know, kind of bring you in. You're part of the family, and now with Ursay, you might have to hang out. You know, like you don't smoke cigars, and I hired you as my coach. Okay, I'll smoke a cigar with you. Okay, fine. You know, you you, you might you don't necessarily maybe don't want that type of pressure, but with going into the Raiders fan base, it's like okay, you do know they already kind of have a piece of DNA where they hate you. Even though you weren't on you weren't on the staff for the Tuck Rule, but because you're coming from New England, they're kind of giving you this pass because they believe you have a winning formula that could be provided to their culture. But if their culture's too strong, and I don't know if you've seen the Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy, but it feels like Josh McDaniel's about to find a couple of those Sons of Anarchy waiting for him out such a nice arena here in Vegas. You guys roll all the way down from Oxnard, California. Yeah, the Raiders fans, I don't think, are going to be very happy with Josh McDaniels. And it's just a matter of time. If they don't get it together this week, they're in trouble. I was about to say, like, what is the breaking point, do you think, for those Raiders fans? This, Would it be this after week? This week? <laughs> this week, because the Titans are in a situation where they're coming off of an embarrassing loss, but yet Indy is embarrassing themselves. So Indy, who's ready, really ready to be, you know, christened, you know, like, you know, Prince William will be in about 20 years. You're going to be the new AFC South champion. But it's like, wait a minute. You guys got a tie and a loss. Like, what, what, what are you doing? So the Titans have to make that move this week. This is like an everything game for the Titans because just with a simple win, and there's no guarantee that Indy's going to win this week. Look, you can now reclaim that division. And the AFC South, it's all about, hey, you know the Jaguars aren't going to be there. Houston's not going to be there. So it's just between you and Indy. And if Indy is sputtering in its wheels, you've got to catch an 0-2 Raiders team with their with their, uh, with their their proverbial pants down. If the Raiders go 0-3, then not only do they not have a chance to win that AFC West division, but I would almost say I would find it very hard for them to be a wild card out of, out of, out of the AFC, in the AFC. I just don't see it. Uh, and then Denver... Uh, the Denver for Dummies game. This is going to be great because it's different from Windows for Dummies, but people are wondering why the Broncos can't get on the same page, and I'm going to give a bit of a pass because I'm not as worried as a lot of people are. Like When you have a new head coach and a new quarterback, and the new quarterback and the new head coach have never had anything to do with each other, it's going to take a little bit of time. However, there's this term, I don't know, Joe, if you've heard it, it's called quiet quitting. It's where you don't quit. But you're like, you're just doing your job. You're like, you're not really trying to go Yeah, you're not there. putting in, like, maximum effort. You're just doing the minimum. Yeah, that's what that's what Russell Wilson did when that play call for the fourth and five in that first game against Seattle. He quiet quit. Like, you know what? I'm not the coach. 
I'm not going to scream in his face and tell him, no, we need to go for it. Hey, you're the coach, man. Quiet quitting. But sometimes you need to do that to say, okay, you're in charge, and your decisions will be your decisions alone. right? Because if, if let's say, Russell Wilson in that first game against Seattle convinced you know, convince Hackett to go for it, right? And Russell Wilson tries to do it on his own, and he comes up like two yards short trying to run it. The narrative becomes different. Hey, did you want to go for that call? Why did you call that call? And the last thing is the coaches say, well, I wanted to kick it there. Okay, so now it's Russell's team and not your team, and you're only been there. So, yeah, they'll get things together. Russell Wilson did the right thing by quiet quitting in game one. They got the victory in game two, and I think they'll beat San Francisco and plus, I'm kind of holding on to this ticket that says that the Broncos will win the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm the dummy here, right? So I, I think they get on the same page even more so in the Sunday night game against San Francisco, um, which is also another story. Like, it's if you believe in conspiracy theory, though, I, I find it hard to do it with injury. Is well, I was looking at FanDuel last week. Sometimes I like to see, because I like to play daily fantasy. And so I like to see... What quarterbacks are still at very still at very good deals, or players that are still at very good deals, but I can see that they're going to be used heavy, right? Usually these guys may cost about four or five thousand dollars, and you want to catch them for a few weeks before they become an eight thousand dollar player. Those who play DFS know what I'm talking about. So I look at this particular chart that says which players have had the greatest increase from one week to the next, from end of week one into week two. Now, this is before Trey Lance went down. But you know who had the biggest increase of all players? Jimmy Garoppolo. And I said, how is that when the guy didn't even play last week? And what happened? Trey Lance goes down with an ankle injury out for the season. Jimmy G for 6,300. Now it's probably going up again. Now I'm not saying they know something, but like a guy who didn't play at all the week before, but I think it was based upon on how bad San Francisco performed against Chicago. And I just said, once they kept Jimmy G, it was literally like you getting married and then deciding to rent the second floor of your home to your ex-girlfriend. Like you can't even you can't even go up and collect the rent without your wife coming with you. Right. Like you just know, you know, she can't go in. I mean, she she will have she will drill a hole in the third floor in the floor looking down at that second floor. That's what it's like having Jimmy G come back, and sure enough, the husband's been going up and hanging up upstairs. It's just happening. All right, late night with KJ here. Raps next. Well, what? How do you ha- how do you announce a protest and then show up in SUVs at said protest? I I, I try to figure that out next here on WEI. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. Late night, W-E-E-I, KJ. Thank you so much for hanging with us. It's just been a pleasure having you for Red Sox Review and, of course, getting into Pat's talk as well. Uh, Of course, the breaking news that has come down since the show has been on. This is how you know that you're on to something. When breaking news happens and you're on and it's the middle of nowhere, you'll be like, where were you? I think KJ was on and he said this thing had happened. So, um, So for those who don't know, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski about an hour ago reported that uh, Celtics head coach Emi Adoka faces a serious, potentially serious amount of time in terms of suspension for violating organizational rules of the NBA uh, at Twitter at KJ Carson. I shared the link to the NBA Constitution because 
I'm one of those type of people like, stamp on that Constitution. It can change at any moment. Um, but just look at thirty Section 35A, but there's been an update. Uh, Joe, what is the update? Uh, so the update here, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, who just sent out another tweet a few minutes ago, he had said that Ime Udoka's job isn't believed to be in jeopardy, but a suspension is looming and a final determination on that length could come as soon as tomorrow. Yeah, that's see, that's what Twitter can be good for, right? Breaking news and care less about your bad thoughts or, you know, I, that's what it's good for, you know, and, and again... If he's wrong, we point right back to him, you know. So, um, hopefully, everything will work out. But like I said, you know, I would definitely check out the NBA Constitution Section thirty-five A. It addresses discipline and reasons for disciplines for people who are not players and coaches would be under that realm. So I started to read it, but I wasn't going to read the Constitution to you over the air. I wasn't going to do that. Uh, look, talk saves lives. Join us for Odyssey's "I'm Listening" special. It's our annual two-hour national mental health conversation this Saturday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. here on 93.7 WEEI. Uh, some of the biggest names in music and sports will be on, on the program, uh, plus uh, insights from respected mental health officials and professionals. Uh, you'll hear from people like Dak Prescott and Stephen A. Smith, Ricky Williams, Lizzo, Carrie Underwood, Ed Sheeran, Katy Perry, and more. And, of course, we'll hear your stories as well. So join us for a constructive and supportive conversation about our mental wellness right here on WEEI and, of course, on the free Odyssey app. So for more info, visit imlistening.org. And remember, talk saves lives. All right, before I get out of here, I what a fiasco today right at the Leverett Connector. Now, for those who've, who've been on that thing just staring at Boston sand, you know, Boston gravel, uh, what is it? Um, I forgot which video game it was. Oh, it, I think it's MLB the Show, where it's not it's it's called it's not called Boston Sa- it's called like Boston Gravel or whatever it's not called. You're like, okay, that's Boston that's Boston Sand right there. But if you've ever sat on the lever connector, you what is going on? I, like, there's nowhere to turn off. Well, of course, there was the climate change protest that they kind of given a heads up and uh, shout out to Jackson from Greg Hill's show this morning who went out there and talked to a couple of them. Um, but you know, they said, look, they came down and, and, and in the photo, I noticed there was like this SUV they were sitting in that they'd come down in I'm like, okay. Like if, if, if this is what you come to protest, like call Greyhound at lead Amtrak <laughs> train, you know, like even, I, I mean, I'm just trying to figure this out. It's like when people go at LeBron James about a certain, certain country, but then don't look at the tag inside of their shirt. Or look who made their phone on the back. It's some some things is just kind of like you know what? It's why you have two ears and one mouth. I listen, just, just, just listen. Well, and and and, and, and so and here is what's also worse: people are saying, "Oh, new speed bumps in the road." Yeah. Because if there is a cause that you seriously believed in and you felt like you had to get out in the streets, you wouldn't want to think like oh, I'm just gonna run you over. That's not cool. So, uh, talk about old man get off my lawn stuff. Jeez. Do you not know how to work a fire stick to get better reception? Joe, you're going to laugh at this. So, this is for the guy whose router is like up on the third floor, but their big TV's in the basement, and they're trying to, I was like, I got a horrible signal. Well, any good installation person will tell you you want the signal to go up because it can't go down. And two, 
if you're going to watch it on Fire Stick in terms of Thursday night football, have it right next to the router or get yourself a wireless get yourself a, a wireless point. It's easy. Like how do old men not know this? LeBron James finally has cut his hair off. He is now bald. So only one left is Stephen A. Smith who has to get rid of that George Jefferson on top of his head. Greg Hill Show tomorrow, 6 a.m. here on WEEI. KJ at Twitter, at KJ Carson, at WEEI. Joe, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, so I'm actually in the process of creating a Twitter. So I don't have one yet, but hey, I will get one eventually. Hey, hey, if you don't do it, don't worry about it. Stay close to WEEI. There's, there's more info about M.A. Odoka's pending suspension, possibly. You'll hear all about that tomorrow here across WEEI. Have a great night, Joe. Thank you. Turn it up on the way out of here. It's freaking a week, man. She was a freak. Never missing a beat. Yeah. Boy, was it neat. Yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.